What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, Scrolling Through Life with Tom Brahani. So, um, I got Tim Huggins here again, and I'm explaining a little stuff because <laughs> so we had a little confusion uh, of the first episode. Um, that wasn't planned by Huggins and I at all. That was not planned for that episode to be the first episode at all. Um, I had listened to um, a few others and decided on that particular one on self-awareness and depression to be the first episode because it's, you know, the, the, the foundation of my podcast. So, but a lot of people were asking me because it started out weird, right, Huggy? Because it, it started out with me saying, <laughs> I got Huggy on here again. <laughs> and I should have edited that, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm going to go ahead and um, let Huggy introduce himself uh, one time. Um so, Huggy, if you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. and uh, you know. Sure. Real brief, real easy. Uh, joined the Army in 2000, born and raised in Washington, D.C., of course, nation's capital. Uh, I joined as an infantryman, uh, spent two and a half years with 25th Infantry Division, uh, deploying to Bosnia uh, and then Iraq. After that, I took maybe about a year off as a traditional guardsman on the one weekend a month type of thing. And then I decided to go full-time uh, guard. And uh, I did that for the remaining 14 years of my career where I served in the beginning as infantry in the guard and then transitioned to aviation ops, uh, managing jets and, and, and things like that. And now I'm knocking on the door to retirement in a couple months, 20 hell, years total. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I was asked a couple, sent by, by, by a couple people. So who is he? How do you know him? Well, I've known Huggy for 20 years. Uh, I've, I've known him pretty much since, since I joined the army, since, since I joined the army, since I came in, honestly. Yeah. Cause, cause I went to Hawaii and that's mm -hmm. where I met Huggy and, and we've been friends since then. And, um, it, um, COVID had, had brought us closer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, so we reconnected, you know what I'm saying? We've always stayed in touch, but we reconnected and, and shared our, our, our struggles and stories. And that's where we're at today. And that's why Huggy is, uh, you know, our chemistry is, 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 is gold, man. Um, friendships like that aren't, aren't easy to come by. Uh, chemistry is not easy, easy, easy to come by at all. So, um, the last episode we talked about, uh, depression and, uh, self-awareness. And you said that you got a couple questions regarding. Yes. So one of the first questions I got was, is how do we navigate depression for the most part? What's it like dealing with it every single day? And like, how do you manage it? Right. Um, and that's a pretty important question. Uh, but I, I think the first thing that's important for people to understand is the, the step that right. you have to take. How you got there. How I got there. And uh, <laughs> you can get into the mental health system one or two ways. Either you do it on your own. Right or it's command directed. One of them I can assure you is easier than the other. One of them is at your own pace and can right. be managed. And one of them is what you will do and you will do it how we tell you to do it. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like that particular portion where you said uh, either, you know, you, you, you come forward and you ask for help, right? Or mm -hmm. it's command directed. So yeah. we'll cross that bridge in depth later into this conversation. But, mm -hmm. uh, the reason I'm, 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 I'm so intrigued by what you just said right now is because 
I came forward, um, you know, and, and I said, I need help because I knew the, the, the downfall that I was going, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the army has a twist. The army <laughs> has a twist. There's no such thing as you coming forward and it going down on paper as you coming forward on your own. Because at the end of the day, when you need help, in order for you to get help, guess what it has to be? Command directed. And I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So let's, we'll cross that, you know what I'm saying? Just, just kind of let's put a pin into that, into that one mm-hmm. right there for a second. So let's go into how we even got to that position of, of yo, I need help. Um, um, where we need to seek for it. Uh, let's start with you. Where, you know what I'm saying? Where were you well, the, at at that moment in life? Well, when you're when you're amongst like-minded individuals in your profession uh, within the army or the military, for that matter, you never notice that you're different, right? Because everyone's breathing the same air, saying the same things, and kind of living the same life as you. Uh, in my instance, it took me living or leaving uh, the infantry land and keeping my same way of doing business to realize that I was different. And uh, I first got involved with the VA, like the actual VA. So I bypassed like the regular traditional hospital portion of it. And the VA's answer at that time was, hi, here's medication. Uh, Pretty much that simple. Uh, And as time progressed, it helped temporarily, but didn't help in the long term. And I started to take some personal L's in the relationship. People were starting to come forward a little bit more like, hey, you're on some other shit, buddy. And uh, we're trying to do the right thing and turn a blind eye, but something's definitely wrong. And then I said to myself, you know what? I'm in danger of losing everything that I've ever worked for, my family, my career, (laughs) my finances, everything, even my life to a certain degree. I got to do something about it. And the first time I went to the hospital, I got all the way to like the desk and I waited in line and my brain is already like, if you don't get your ass out of here, this ain't where you belong. And you're looking around at the other people and I'm judging them because that's what I do. Right. I'm like, none of them look like me. None of them have been through what I've been through. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you got some privates up here, you know, me dismissing all of their shit that they got going on. Of course. And it took me about two or three, three trips for me to say, okay, just take the first step, buddy. And and that's what I did. And it's been a lot more of an easy process ever since. So what, what so things were happening out of character, right? Like for you? I mean, I mean, oh. obviously that's that's how you started realizing things, right? I mean, because like so you said a couple of key things there is that you, that you started realizing uh, that you were on the verge of losing everything, losing your family, losing everything you've worked for, uh, you know, losing for yeah. me, it was also losing myself because I, I saw the mm. spiral that I was going down. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. I was a completely, completely different person than I had mm-hmm. ever been before. And it's such a finite line that you cross, right? And if, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what it was. So, well, seeing myself change was scary. And and, and I, so I'm gonna give you a couple of examples. Um, for me, it was started coming to work late quite often because, you know, my vice was drinking. You know what I'm saying? That was my mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so, like, I, I would never drink at work. That was a thing. Like, and people, you know what I'm saying, were like, yeah, no way. I was like, bro, never. 
never had a sip at work. Like that was not my thing. Like, like when I was at work, I was at work. Like I was there to do me, you know what I mean? Now, mm-hmm. the second I was off of work, man, I was hitting that bottle like it was nobody's business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was to the point um, that I was drinking a fifth a night Golly. of Jameson. But guess what, Huggy? I would wake up in the morning Mm-hmm. At five o'clock, four o'clock, in the morning, yeah, and go to work, yep, and perform, mm-hmm. right? Um, there was no questions because I was there, I was teaching, I was on the podium, I was doing me, you know what I mean? I, I was, I, I was, I was doing everything that was expected of me, and I was going above and beyond it sometimes. But things started to deteriorate. Yeah, coming to work like start being disrespectful for no fucking apparent reason. I, I was just a hothead, you know what I mean? I just started mm-hmm. to become a hothead. Didn't really care no more. Like I was starting to like not give a fuck. Like, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Who cares at this point? Like, but I didn't realize that I was at that. Like I didn't realize um, how bad I was, man. Um, until one particular day, where you know. For the summertime here at Selection, everything shuts down, you know what I'm saying, because of the heat or whatever. So June is our last class. We took leave. And uh, I know how this is going to make me sound, but it, it's it's the truth, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we, we br- broke for the summer. I had leave. And there was some sort of chain of command or something, ch- change of command coming up. And they were like, hey, man, we need, you know what I'm saying, on the 12th, you need to go. And I was like, well, I'm not going. Like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> Like straight up, I was like, I'm not going. You know what I mean? And it, I was at that was at the point that I was not giving a fuck anymore. Like I just didn't care anymore. I didn't care what you were gonna say to me. I I didn't care if I was gonna lose my job. Like that's what I was at. That's what I was thinking. I, I didn't care. But deep inside, mm-hmm. I fucking cared. So, anyways, this particular day, um, you know the NCOIC was like, yo, you, you gotta go. And I was like, well, I'm not going. He's like, no, you're going. And I was like, I'm not going. Like, I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm not fucking going. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay. Like, you're gonna be there. And I was like, whatever, man. So the day comes. Um, and obviously, I didn't go. I, w- I was hung over, you know what I mean? I was, I was like, I'm not going. He bangs on my door. And I, and by the way, I apologize to this dude so many times because I was like, yo, like you didn't deserve any of this. Like you were just trying to do your job, you know? And he came knocking on my door and I wake up hung. Well, one, I woke up to like, I don't, man, 30, 40 missed calls, texts. Everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, who cares at this point? Um, He comes knocking on my door and we get into it. I'm just like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I thought I was like this fucking like, like I was on the verge of just losing and I didn't care, man. I didn't give a fuck. And he leaves. We exchange words, you know what I mean? And he was like, you're going to see. And I was like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. You know? And yeah. he left. But as soon as he left, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, this is not me. This is, I would never act like this. Like, what the fuck is going on in my life that brought me to this point here especially in my career, the, uh, the job that I love, that I cherish, this is my my love, you know what I mean? And to an NCO, uh, um, NCO, I see that, 
was just trying to do his job. And matter of fact, he always looked out for me. I'd come in late. Yeah. He would never stress. You'd just be like, whatever, man. Like, you know, as, as, as long as you are doing you, like, we'll cover, you know? And, and, but anyways, it was at that point that I realized, like, everything's starting to happen to me is out of character of who I am and who I ever stood mm-hmm. for. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know how it is. We have, it's taboo. It's, 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 a, there's a stigma to asking for help. And one, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how the chain of command is going to take it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an unknown. I mean, once you kind of cross that threshold, <clears throat> you don't know what's on the other side of it. Right. Um, my, my big determining factor was when I knew it was bad was when every response to everything I had to do with was you can catch these fucking hands. Yes. You know, and if you can't catch these hands, let me get under my seat real quick and let me show you how things work. And even in the workplace, I remember one time I was preparing a, a, a travel book for a VIP and uh, they kept kicking the book back. Like now it doesn't have this and it doesn't have this in it. And when I, when they gave it back to me, I let it sit in the air and I let it drop and I kicked the shit out of it with like every ounce of like my military tan boots. Right. And it made like a popping sound and they right. were like snowing papers like everywhere. Right. You right. know, and if it wasn't that, it was me, you know, at the fast food place, you know, looking at the lady at Chipotle saying, you know, if you don't give me the extra amount of rice that I'm asking for, we're going to have a serious problem. So for me, it was just this extreme aggression that I would just turn on immediately for me to say, you know what, either I'm going to get hurt or someone else is going to get hurt. Right. Uh, and that was that was like the determining factor of like, hey, I've confronted too many people. I've gotten in too many fisticuffs. Facts. This can't work the way that I think it's going to work. Well, you never expect it to get any. You know what I'm saying? Like it's you don't at, when you're at that point, you're not seeing the consequences. Like you're not even thinking about you're not even thinking about how bad things can really, really turn. And it's mm-hmm. funny that you say that about the aggression thing because, um, so when I was at my peak of drinking, when I was drinking the fifth, I was a very aggressive person, bro. Like, mm-hmm. so my sister, um, who is my heart, like, man, bless bless her, man, for, for, you know, sticking with me this whole time because like, bro, I've said some things to her that was just yeah. so hurtful that, like thinking about it, I'm just like, yo, what kind of, who the fuck says that shit to people that they love, that people that are trying to help them out? You know what I mean? Like, I, dude, I've, yeah, so the things I said to her were just, were just, just crazy. But so when I was at my peak of drinking, I would intentionally not go out. Once, well, one, I live on, on, on base. So I, you know what I'm saying? I was that kind of drunk where I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get DUI. So I'm just sit here and just drink. Cause I don't want to get caught mm-hmm. at the gate. Cause that's definitely going to ruin my career if I get caught. So <laughs> yeah. I can at least drink at my house and I'm good to go Two, I don't want to like go anywhere because I'm just going to fight. Like that's just yeah. what's going to happen. Like I'm just going to fight. And I knew this because the few times that I would get asked, you know what I'm saying? People like, yo man, you gotta come out. You gotta come out. And I, and I would finally just go out. I was just angry. Like I would not take shit from anybody. Like it could be the smallest thing. And I would just be like, yo, like, like you said, like we just going fucking, you know what I'm saying? We just going to throw blows, man. Like this is what it is. Like yeah. I didn't give a fuck. 
Um, so asking for help, the for me, it was so scary because I didn't know how the chain of command was going to react. I didn't know if they're going to be like, well, now you're a burden. What are we going to do with you? Um, you know, or are they going to be supportive? Or are they going to be like, we don't care? You know, it, I didn't know how it was going to go. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to Sergeant Major's office, uh, Battalion Sergeant Major, and, um, you know, I sat in front of him and because it had came up about about, that, about me being late to the chain of command. So, like, we sat there. But prior to that, two weeks prior to that, before even that that, that, that chain of, uh, change of command, I had already been thinking about asking for help. Two mm -hmm. weeks. But I just kept drinking because I was just so scared of how I was going to do it and how this was going to impact my career. And what, you know, what are they going to say, man? Are, like, am I going to lose everything that I've ever worked for? Are they just going to kick me out and just say, we're done with you? Um, you know, I didn't know. But so that day I was in Sergeant Major's office, man, I was so scared, man, so scared. And he saw it. He saw that I was like earning, you know what I'm saying, yearning to spit something out. He was like, yeah. he was like, what's wrong, man? And and again, man, this is one of those Sergeant Majors. Like, you remember the last time I was telling you about a Sergeant Major that like, this is, mm. so I don't want to sidetrack here, but like, I tell people all the time, man, my stories, I'm blessed. Yeah. Like when I tell you I am blessed, it's ridiculous how blessed yeah. I am to have the chain of command that I've ever had in my career. Not saying they're all great, but fuck. They yeah. saved me from get kicked out a lot earlier for, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this was one of those sergeant majors that everybody was like, man, he's a dick, he's this, he's that. And matter of fact, I had heard you know, from other people that have worked for him in the past about some racist shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, so I, I was I was scared, I was like, man, this dude ain't gonna have no time for this, like, he, he he's, he's gonna fucking end me. Mm -hmm. and, I, and anyways, when he asked me and I was like, straight up, I was like, I need help. <laughs> like, that was it, I was like, I need help. Like, mm -hmm. I'm hurting, like, Sergeant Major, like, I'm drinking a fifth of night, I lost my family, I'm, I'm coming in, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, my career's starting to like, my work's starting to get affected. And he stopped everything. When I yeah. say he, like literally, he, he, he was like, hold on a minute. Walked out in the hallway and was like, hey, don't bother me. The, you know what I'm saying? We need, to, we need to figure out a way to get Tom to, to, to treatment today. Wow. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> For me? <laughs> no. One of these awesome things? Like seriously, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh shit. Like that's not how I expected this to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey man, we got you. Wow. Like, we, like we got you. And luckily for me, I had a, uh, uh, the XO, um, at the time, um, I had worked with him years prior, you know what I'm saying? Deployed with him numerous times. Um, and he, he, he was like, I got you. And the XO literally walked, he came to my house, watched me pack up a small bag, took me to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? You know how you do that shit to the hospital. And, um, you know, took me to the detox and I sat there and did my chain of command since then was just a supportive. And, but I, I think what holds people back from asking for help is because they don't know, um, you know, it's the unknown. Yeah. And people are scared because who wants to lose their job? Like when you, when you've been maintaining, right? When you've been maintaining as a fucking, you know what I'm saying? You're drinking, yeah. when you've been maintaining and drinking and still coming to work, why say anything? Absolutely correct. Like why say anything? Especially if you have a fear of, 
things are not going to go your way. I'm saying you're not going to get the help that you need and things are just going to go completely opposite. Like I, like I wouldn't say anything. And I was just, for me, it was at that point that I was just like, if I don't ask for help now, there's no way I can survive the next two years before I retire. (laughs) And that was, for me, that was the fear. It was like, I need to get the help before I retire. Because if I retire, there's nobody to hold me accountable anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was drinking a fifth a night, but I was drinking a fifth and making sure I, I, I slept enough to go to work. Do you get what I'm saying? Where, yeah, yeah. where if I was a civilian, I don't know if I'd have these boundaries. I, I, I would just drink and fight. Yeah. Until everything just crumbled. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I think there's some, a bunch of small things when you're, when you finally decided that you're going to get help and then you start that process. You know, and I remember once I finally had the intestinal fortitude to stay at that desk at the hospital and hand them my cat card and all that stuff. You know, I'm still like looking over my shoulder like, man, you can run. You can just go to your car now. And then uh, the lady was so warm and awesome. She's just like, hello, Sergeant Huggins. You know, what can we help you with? And I'm like whispering, like, you know, know, I think something is wrong. You know, she's just like, okay, absolutely. You know, have a seat, blah, blah, blah. We'll call you, set up an appointment and all these other things. And the first thing that I went to was something called back then, it was called a PTSD group session. Okay. Where an hour and a half every Wednesday, all these like-minded individuals that had PTSD would get into a room, you know, and we would just stay and talk about whatever we wanted to talk about. Right. And uh, the colonel that we had was a doctor. I believe his name was Colonel Thornton, if my memory serves me correctly. I think he was like a Vietnam veteran or a veteran of Desert Storm, something like that. Yeah. But he was he knew his shit. Right. And, uh, you know, if you got in there and you start talking a bunch of horse shit, he'd call you out on it. He challenged you. But most importantly, it was good to look around that room and see you know, long tab guy, aviation guy, infantry guy, admin, cook, to see all these different people. Although we have different jobs, we're all talking about the same shit. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, damn, first off, I'm not the only one. So that's a good thing. And then uh, it was another doctor who came aboard named Dr. Bianna, who still practices to this day. Uh, I went to see her and, uh, you know, I'm like, man, this is going to be interesting. Now this is one-on-one. Right. And uh, what I applaud her most is I was kind of living a lie. Like I was there, but I'm like, I don't really think that I'm that bad. Like I'm functioning and I'm getting my job done. (laughs) And she's just like, listen, man, if you're going to come here and blow smoke up my ass, we need to have a different conversation. Right. And she was just like, this is a safe, a safe place. And that was an important phrase that she said. This is a safe place place. Right. Talk, talk your shit, Sarn Huggins. And then I did. And the thing that people have to understand about psychologists or therapists is it's just like any other relationship. You know what I mean? Sometimes you go see psychologists and it's just like, yeah, I don't know about this one. Yeah. And then sometimes you see someone and you're just like, this is going to be long-term, right. you know, not to be conf- confused with a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist prescribes the medication. Psychologist is for mental and emotional yep. health. Uh, but having her be my real first psychologist and setting me on that path of, Hey, now you threw a whole entire frosty at that car. Yeah. Now were you mad that you threw the frosty? I was. And she said, well, next time someone cuts you off, 
how about you not make eye contact with him and you just keep going? And I'm like, shit, like right. you asking for a lot. And then I tried it <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, this is progress. And she followed up with me when I saw her again, like you have any more road rage incidents? And I'm like, I did, but I kept driving and minded my business. And I started to see the growth in me and she reminded me of the growth. And it was because of her that I decided that me getting my mental and emotional well-being you know, addressed and fixed was something that I can do because she created an environment. And there were psychologists that I saw after that, that there were maybe two sessions. I remember I saw one woman and uh, I remember telling her a particular gruesome story about combat. And I saw her swallow when I was telling the story. And yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't think she's really cut for what I am going <clears throat> to say. And she was very respectful. I'm like, hey, I think I should see someone else like a relationship. I think we should see other people. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, I understand, you know, I'm new to the job. And I'm like, ah, got it. That's all. You know, and then the woman that I see now is phenomenal. Yeah. And she holds me accountable and she challenges me. And it's what I need because we're so used to masking. We become very particular about what we say and how we say it. Yep. And she'll say, hey, I, I know what you're saying. But, you know, that's not the right answer, is it? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's <gasps> definitely not the right answer. Uh, but once you're in it, once you get over that first hump of going, yeah. I promise you, it just becomes so much easier after that. Dude, my my uh, um, psychiatrist is the shit, too, man. Like, she straight up tells it, man. She calls me out. She, she you know what I mean? Like, eh, like, really? Like, really, Tom? <laughs> like, couldn't you have dealt with that just a little bit differently? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, like yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, yeah, I should have. You know, she, I think that's what it is. But, you know, like you just said something about her being new and all that stuff. I think it takes a seasoned person to understand what yeah. is said and how it's said and how it's interpreted. Meaning, if I go... Yeah, man, I've, you know, I had a really hard week and, you know, I had fleeting thoughts of suicide. Some therapists would be like, oh, shit, stop everything. Call the MPs, call his chain of command. He's got to go to the sixth floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and I think for the longest time, that was my problem with therapists and, and, and counselors was like, I, I couldn't say what I really wanted to say. So everything was yeah. so, so sugar-coated, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Candy-coated, sugar-coated, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I hated that, man, because I'm like, how can I get any help if I can't be real with you? Absolutely correct. If I cannot tell you my thoughts, like, so this therapist that I got now, and I've, and I've told her straight up, I'm like, look, man, like, look, if I wanted to kill somebody, there's nobody that's going to stop me. Like, you're not going to mm -hmm. stop me, nobody's going to stop me, and I would have done it by now. You know yeah. what I mean? Um... If I wanted to kill myself, I would have done it by now. We wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. So obviously, what when I speak my mind and I'm telling you my thoughts, don't take it as, oh shit, he wants yeah. to go murder so-and-so. He wants to go murder, you know what I'm saying? Or he thought about killing this person because this person cut him off. No, man, I'm just telling you my emotions and my feelings at that time and how I felt at that time. Mm -hmm. So now it's your job to help me interpret that. Yeah. And come up with a way to fix that, you know? Um, to me, that was the hardest thing. Yeah. Because I'm like, how? And, and, and I straight up told him, like, yo, this is like, 
I'm having to like watch my words with you and I don't want to do that. And I told her, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to just like speak, but I don't want you to take it as concrete. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just telling you how I felt like just fleeting thoughts. Like that's just, that's all they are. Like, I'm not going to act on anything that I'm speaking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it took for her to go, and I think what it is a majority of the time is they got to know you. They have to understand, like they have to know yeah. who the fuck you are because I could come in there and be like, yeah, you know, today somebody cut me off and I really wanted to fucking just step out the shooting same car and shoot him up or, you know, chop him up, whatever. And the next thing you know, somebody's on the news for doing exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I get it. Um, right. So with me and my therapist, it, you know what I'm saying? Not, we're going on a little bit over a year, year and a half, I think. Oh no. Yeah. A little, a little bit over a year and a half. And she knows me now, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I can go in there and be like, man, had a tough weekend, you know, locked myself in and really depressed and thoughts came to my mind. And she'd be like, okay, well, so how did you push through it? You yeah. know, instead of- Pulling the alarm. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> Huggy, that's why people don't ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, the relationship between you and your, your psychologist and psychiatrists are extremely important. Uh, and I think you brought it up very well that they have to get to know you. I mean, obviously, day one, like, hello, I'm this. And just like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about killing a couple of two tree motherfuckers. It's like, right. OK, that concludes today's session. <laughs> exactly. You know, instead of her knowing you or him knowing you yeah. saying, hey, I know you have those days. You know, I can tell the difference between when you're really on one. Versus yeah. when you're just venting. Right. And uh, <clears throat> my psychiatrist who prescribes my medication, um, I've been seeing both of them, my psychologist and psychiatrist. We've been in a relationship for about four or five years. It's a very healthy relationship. Yeah. Uh, but my psychiatrist, one of the things that, that keeps me interested in him is he has a love for cars. Ah, uh-huh, so you guys got that so, thing in common. Right. So we'll go through the formalities and how the medication's working. And then at the last minute, because I don't want to take all the guy's time. At the last minute, like, hey, have you seen this card? He's like, well, I got this. What about you? I'm like, oh, I got this. I got that. But the other great thing about my psychiatrist is I'm comfortable enough with him to say, hey, this medication that you prescribed me, I don't think it's working. And it's doing this, doing this and doing this. And he has no problem saying, OK, let's try something else. All right. And then when I go back, he's like, how is this medication work? I think it's working very well. You know, you want to, you, you think we should up it? And I'm like, nope, I think it's fine. Uh, I think it's working. Let's stick with it. And uh, it creates, like I said, a, a good environment where you feel like you can be honest. You know, they got to go through the formalities, your mood, how you're feeling, how's your personal life, how's your career. They go through the formalities. But me and him have a good relationship. Right. So I have no problem you know, being honest with him and for my psychologist as well. So the relationships are, are very, very, very important. They are, man. Um, I also think for me, you know, just from my experiences, um, is that especially the therapists at, at, at like behavioral health, their hands mm-hmm. are tied. Yeah. Like their sure hands are just tied because they have all these policies and regulations that they have to, like no matter what. And my therapist has told me like, she's like, hey, like just understand, like I, I have things I like I have to follow. Like if you say X, Y, and Z, I have to, you know, yeah. do this and I have to notify this person. Um, But I think, you know, if you just listen to some people and just let them vent, just let them talk, just let them, just get them words out. To me, that's what helped a lot of times. Like 
you know, that, that hour that I'd go in there and I would just, just, just spew all the shit out of, you know, mm-hmm. from the last week or two weeks or whatever that was going on. But once I left them, oh, God, that was just a relief. Like, absolutely. Like, that was a relief. Like not, you know what I'm saying? I let that out. And like I said, she's the shit man, because she, she be cussing at me. She's like, she tells me straight the fuck up. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm not saying she called me a jackass, but she cut like, like what the fuck? Like Tom, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Like what the fuck? You know, yeah. like that's not like you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Like what the fuck am I thinking? Um, mm-hmm. For me, that was the relationship that I, cause I, I respected her so much more for that. Yeah. So much more. Cause I'm like, yo, at least you're keeping it real with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I'll keep it real with you. And I, and, and, and I would tell her all the time, like, yo, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Just, just, just let me just talk. Just let me just tell you what's going on. Just, just let me just, just, just uh, say things. Um, but let me bring it back to this though. Do you think the chain of command, right? Even though there's policies and regulations, right? Mm-hmm. But we all know chain of commands yeah. are, are, are in control of how they want of how they want to uh, handle things. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, somebody comes to you and says, hey, man, um, you come to the chain of command and says, hey, I have a drinking problem. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've had suicidal thoughts that could end you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, um, where am I going? Um, what am I thinking about this right now? So. For me, meaning this, like, and I see this in our community. I, I, I guess that's the reason I'm bringing this up. In my community, and, and I know this from firsthand, from, from, you know what I'm saying, talking to people. Um, people, once I came forward and, and, and I was just like, yo. So I got pulled out of selection. People were like, yo, Tom got, you know what I'm saying? Like, the first thing people were thinking, like, yo, Tom got, yeah. you know, he's done. Like, they're kicking him out. Like, that was the rumors going around. Mm-hmm. That was the rumors going around because like I, I disappeared for a month, you know what I'm saying? I went to uh, treatment, then I came back and they're like, yo, you're just gonna go to HAC and just handle your shit because now you're returned. Just, just, just go to, you know what I'm saying? Just handle your shit. That's it. Yeah. You know? So people didn't see me. So immediately people were like, yo, he's done. He's done. Like, yo, he's in trouble. They're, you know, reprimanding him. They're doing this. He's, you know, just all these rumors going around. And I would just laugh like, nah, bro. Like it was the complete opposite. Yeah, it was the complete opposite. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, this chain of command is is so willing to make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that you know, what I'm saying there was people um going through things, and I'd be like, "Yo, man, like right now is the time." Like, you know, what I'm saying right now is the time. Like, you know, and you and I talked about this before, and I think we've talked. You know, I, I don't know if we talked about it in the last podcast, but um, chain of, change of commands change all the time. So you don't know who is going to be the next Who's one. Next? Like, yeah, yeah. You don't know how they're, you don't know what they're going to be like. So I stress all the time. People like right now, I'm like, yo, right now is the time you want help. You want to better yourself before you move on to that next unit. You know what I'm saying to that next group or go back to your group or retire, whatever it is right now is the time with this chain of Cause you don't know who yeah. the next fucking guy is going to be. You don't know how he's going to act. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He could just end your career and just and just call it a day, you know. Yeah. Um. And I think for me, moving from you know coming forward, if it was not for that chain of command, if it was not for the people that I had in place, my sister, you know, um, man, my boys, you know what I mean? 
what I'm saying? My close boys, you know what I'm saying? They know who they are. Um, that, that helped me out through those dark, dark times. Uh, some, some of them helped me out a lot more than they had ever could ever yeah. imagine. You know what I mean? Um, but if I didn't have all those people in place at that time, particular moment when I asked to, for help, mm-hmm. I would not be here today. Absolutely. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Because if nobody gave a fuck, if no, if everybody was just like, hey, we're just going to please you. Yeah, man, keep drinking. Keep drinking. You know what I'm saying? If your boys are just yeah. like, hey, man, you good, man. Ain't nothing wrong with you. We're all, you know what I'm saying? We're all the same. And, your chain, and the chain of command was not supportive in uh, making sure that I got the right um, support the right help, you know what I'm saying? And, and if they weren't directing me to the right avenues, um, you know, for, for treatment, I would not be able to continue bettering myself today and improving myself every single day. The way that I look at it is this, is like I said to you before, my XO gave up a lot for me, man. Like he, 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 like stood up for me, you know what I mean? To the point where people started shunning him. Yeah. Cause they were like, why are you friends with this dude? Why are you helping him out? Why are you, why are you always backing him up for, you know what I mean? But I feel like if I revert back to my old ways, I'm letting him down. Like, yo, now I'm proving yeah. everybody else right because everybody's yeah. like, why did you help him out? Now I let you down, you know? Mm-hmm. And I tell him that all the time. And he's like, bro, you like, you did this. But I'm like, yeah, but be honest man if i didn't have you with me along the way that that was the push i needed you know what i mean yeah so well the the chain of command as we've said before is a very intricate part uh in the process and they have to create an environment that supports and it goes back to what we said before the chain of command it's it's always the right thing to do to take care of soldiers regardless uh, obviously, it's easier to to get involved in the system on your own, uh, and it's easier to be in the system for two years and say, "Oh, by the way," right. know, because that shows that you've been managing it and you've been doing your job, and that you don't really need anything. Because once you tell them you've been in the system and doing these appointments for two years, if your chain of commands on top of their shit, they're just simply going to say, "Well, what do you need from us?" What I need from you guys is to keep this conversation between me and you, because I've seen in instances where you know a soldier went forward and said, "I have X and X amount of issues: drinking, depression, PTSD, so suicide, so forth." That the chain of command puts that soldier's business all out through the streets. You yeah. know, now you got to do walk of shames every day you come in and people try to handle you with kid gloves and things like that. So it is important how the chain of command uh, ultimately reacts in regards to helping you. I'm so glad that you just brought that up. So, you know, let's go back to when I asked for help. There was and, and, and we talk and we just mentioned it, how you don't know who the next chain of command is going to be there. So I was assigned to the S3, right? Um, ops uh, operations. Right. So. I had a sergeant major, the S, you know what I'm saying? The S3 sergeant major was, was, was cool as fuck. Like very supportive. You know what I mean? Like he, he was like, whatever you need, man, I'm here for you. Right. But as soon as they switched out, they brought a new dude in. Battalion sergeant major got switched out. Mm-hmm. And this might fuck me, but I really don't give a fuck. Cause it's just what it is. It's fucking reality of it. That new sergeant major that took over the S3 shop started bad mouthing me and telling the new sergeant major, all this wrong, sh- just just wrong info, right? He had no idea what was going on with me. He had no idea what the fuck I've been through. He didn't know nothing, nothing about me. Like, absolutely nothing. All he knew is 
this guy has been, you know what I'm saying, having issues. And, um, you know, he's he's gone all the time, getting ready to retire. And he started bad-mouthing me to the new Sergeant Major. Mm-hmm. And they pulled me in, man. And I'm sitting there, and I was on that verge. Um, so luckily, I'm going to keep it real. Luckily for them, I had already started Marinol, so I was starting to, like, calm down. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, I was starting to calm down fucking dramatically. But so the Sergeant Major... Um, Bad mouthed me to the to the battalion sergeant major, and the and, and the battalion sergeant major was like, "Hey, I heard you know X, Y, and Z is going on with you, and I don't you know really care." I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, you don't know what's going on with me. Like, you have no clue, man. Like, he don't even know me. Like, this guy's yeah. only been here a couple of weeks. Like, he don't know me from Jack. But I'm gonna let y'all think what y'all want to think because I really don't give a fuck at this point. Because yeah. I'm doing me and I'm bettering me at this point. As long as you gonna let me do me, you can think whatever you want to think. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 that what we're talking about, like the chain of command. Like, if they're not understanding of who you are and where you're coming from and what has happened to you, you're just adding to the fucking problems, man. Like, you're just adding to the problems. Like, for me, that could have gone completely different. But luckily, I had already gotten help. You get what I'm saying? Like, I had yeah. already like I had already crossed that threshold of of bettering myself. So, um, that helped me big time. Now, let's say if I was back at that point of didn't get help yet, I ain't gonna lie to you, I probably would not be in the army today. Because I would have probably fucking lost it. You know what I mean? Well, but, just imagine the difference if if that sergeant major would have pulled you in and said, hey, I'm such and such, you know, from what I understand. You don't give a fuck. They don't you're, care. You're getting, you're getting the mental health help that you need. We support that. Anything you need from us? Nope, I'm good, Sergeant Major. Just let me do my appointments. Okay, if you need anything, give us a call. Let us know. Have a good day, buddy. But you know how they look at it, though. I don't know you. All I heard was your trouble. All I the heard hashtag. was right. Yep. Y- yeah. I'm a, I'm a person, not a problem. And and and, and 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 he looked at me as a problem when he came in. He looked at me. Oh fuck! I got this guy who's had alcohol problems, gone to treat, now I gotta deal with this motherfucker. But it's like, bro, like, just let me fucking be, just let me take care of my business and just let me like, like, I'm not bothering you, I'm not hurting you, I'm not like causing you any, tr- you know what I'm saying? I'm not causing you any problems. Um, But again, man, like, thank God that I had gotten help already. Yeah. That I was in a good place in my life. Cause I just mm-hmm. sat there and was like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna let you believe what you wanna believe. I'm gonna let mm-hmm. this asshole Tell you what he want to tell you, you know what I mean. And 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 this well, is gonna get me in trouble, but it's the facts, man. And and it is what it is. Well, the the good thing about that is once you've started a rapport with your therapist, it is very common for people to see their therapist and say, "Hey, look, I've been seeing you for two years. It's been flawless, but uh, I have a new chain of command, and uh, they're starting to kind of intervene a little bit. And it's it's not uncommon for a therapist to make a phone call. To the chain of command and say, hey, look, the soldier's making progress. I'm not sure what the fuck y'all doing over there, but we're not having it. Because right. no chain of command wants to get a phone call from the hospital saying cease and assist, right, calm right. the fuck down, leave Joe alone. They don't want that. Right. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it never has to get to that point. But like I said, once you've started a relationship, it's a little bit easier versus day one. Like, hi, my name is Tim. My chain of command shitting on me. It's like, well, let me hear your story first you know, before we come to that conclusion. Right. You know, so. 
you know, the other interesting thing is, and, and it's to, to kind of bring it full circle a little bit is again, once you've gotten yourself into the mental health system and you're starting to better yourself, you know, you start to learn a lot of different tools and a lot of different yeah. ways to manage and how to cope and deal with depression, PTSD, whatever the case may be day to day. And you'll find that it's a little bit easier because the truth of the matter is depression never goes away. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like you are having a great day and that phone ring and you pick it up, but you don't know who it is. And it's like, we heard that your, your car warranty is expiring. Would right. you like, it's like, Oh man, not that shit. <laughs> Depression's the same way. I mean, yeah. you can be having a really good day and then depression just appears out of nowhere. Like, we're watching you. Yeah. And if you're equipped enough, you can be like, yeah, I know you're watching me, motherfucker, but you ain't getting in here today. Try again another day. If right. you've been in the system and you've got the tools. So every day it's a battle. The good thing about it is, is it's nothing like the battle you're facing before you go and get help. Well, you said it so perfect earlier today uh, when we were talking about doing this um, recording, how you said you know, once we get help, we think it's, it's done. Like, oh yeah, I got help. I'm good. And, and I, I am 100% guilty of that. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, with the treatment, got help, came back, started doing all these classes, going to therapy and was like, ah, I'm happy. Like I'm back happy again. Like, I'm out here doing things. I'm running around. I'm getting outside. Like I, I, I can't stop being outside. I just want to be around people now. Um, you know, I thought I was good and I stopped like yeah. following through with everything else that I had worked on. Mm -hmm. um, and then November-ish, you know, December, October, whatever came through and I fell into a depression. Like, fuck. Like, where the hell is it? Like, I, like, I, I questioned myself. I get like, man, I thought I was good. Like, I was good. Like, <laughs> where's this coming from? And I... <laughs> And I started thinking like, yo, I got this beautiful girl in my life. Like, you know, my life is just good now. I'm happy. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm doing this. I'm working on myself. But why am I sad? Yeah. Why am I sad? Why am I down? Luckily, my depression was not as severe as it was in the past. Suicidal thoughts, but it was bad. Yeah. I shut you out. Yeah. I shut you out for... Mm -hmm. Three months, two months, like, you know what I mean? I shut everybody out. I was just like, I'm done. Like, yeah, man, like you think it's done just because you got a, you know what I'm saying? You got a little progress. <laughs> like you think you're good. <laughs> a good way to look at it is like you're at home and you're, you're like living your best life and someone knocks on the door and it's seven people and they're just like, we're a depression. Yeah. And we're going to kick your fucking teeth in. Yeah, and you're man. just like, oh man, y'all caught me slipping today, man. I ain't got my pistol. I ain't got my bat. <laughs> Let me take this fucking licking real quick. And like I said, you could be having the best day ever. And just like, man, I got my groove back. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, the trees are beautiful and I can smell and I can relate and I can show love and receive love. And then it's just like, you know, that knock on the door, like, you're like, Hey, what's up? And it's like, yeah, we're going to kick your fucking teeth in. Yeah. And you're just like, but I, and they, and then it just happens. But like I said, the difference is you're a lot more equipped to handle it. You are. And that makes the difference between your depression lasting an hour versus your depression lasting a whole fucking week. Yeah. And the longer you say in it, the worse it gets. It's, it's not the other way around, but I fucking long shots. Like, man, I'm gonna give it another week of depression and I'm gonna, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Uh, mm -hmm. 
because you I think people like me and you, we have a tiny bit of arrogance and it's just kind of like, you know, I've been to a couple sessions, you know, I'm in there seeing my doctors and everything. <laughs> Shit, man, this the new me. I'm ready for the streets. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like I said, you're out there living your best life yeah. and it's just like you get strangled in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, we're depression. Hope you didn't forget about us because we fucking didn't forget about you. The difference is, you know how to fight back. And then if you've been in the system and you learn some things and you want to better yourself, it's a lot easier to get through because you've put the things in place, whether that's surrounding yourself with a girlfriend that loves you and holds you accountable, right. you know, whether that's, you know, your friends holding you accountable, you know, or you just literally saying, I've been in the house for three days ordering nothing but Uber Eats. The weather's <laughs> been beautiful. You know, Netflix has been popping, yeah. you know what I mean? But I'm in here you know, pissed at the world. So what's my next step? My next step is to get your ass out of this house and go do something, whether that's bowling, whether that's just going to the mall and walking around, visualizing things and seeing things is very important. People kind of don't give that a lot of credit. Something as simple as you just walking out of your house and just walking down the street and, and smelling life and seeing life, it at least gives you a good start to get out of that depression. Right. It's um so let me ask you this like in these days when depression hits you what's your go to well, first and foremost, I've got people in my life that are on my ass for accountability right. whether that's my ki- whether that's my kids saying daddy we ain't seen you in two days yeah you know I got shit I got to buy I got shit I need to see you you got to come get me right. if it's not that. It's, you know, I've got a, a group chat that I'm a part of that's always popping every single day. And if I go a day or two off the grid, they're checking on me. But for my own personal thing is I listen to music and uh, music has been such an intricate part to my life and my mental and emotional well-being uh, that with the help of music, I can visit any dark place I want to and process a traumatic event and then change the track and pop right out of it. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a quote from a Pink Floyd song. I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, there's a quote from a song called Shine On You Crazy Diamond, where the, uh, the lyric says, now there's a look in your eyes like black holes in the sky. Okay. You know, and, and, I, and I listen to that and I, it gives me an opportunity to realize where I came from. And although I had denied having depression and PTSD and all those mental issues for so long, by listening to that music, it allows me to visit it and say, you know what? I, I wasn't in the best place, but look at me now. Yeah. Look at the progress that I've made and that I've been building uh, on that progress. You know, also on my IG page, you know, I always put up a bunch of funny stuff every yeah. now and then. If it goes a couple of days, someone will be like, hey, man, hey, Huggy, we ain't got no what's going on with you, man. Right. You know, can we get some some good jokes out there? Um, and like I said, once again, surrounding myself with the right people who don't mind me falling off the grid for a couple of hours, but if it's a day or two, it's, you know, they're on, they're on some QRF SWAT team shit, kick the yeah, door down. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey bro, you know, you got to get out here. Retirement motivates me, you know, seeing my son following your footsteps yeah. motivates me. You right. know, my daughter asking some of the most amazing questions that a nine-year-old can ask right. motivates me. My life after retirement motivates me getting the Lexus LC 500, my dream car, motivates me. Right. And all of those things are, they're not short-term things necessarily. They're things that I got to stay focused and grounded for to achieve. I got to stay around. I got to be happy because my son one day 
you know, hopefully will be wearing a Ranger tab and a long tab and so forth. Right. My daughter one day will be an architect and things like that. Most importantly, I have a life after the military and I can't wait to see what that entails. Those are the things that motivate me to wake up every single day, realizing that I'm not perfect and that I'm going to have that one day or two or maybe an hour or so where I'm feeling like absolute shit, but that there is light at the end of the tunnel because I've seen it and I experienced it. Yeah. <clears throat> no. What about you? What motivates you? Being held accountable is is the biggest thing for me. Like just, you know what I'm saying? Just, just being held accountable. Um, it's huge for me because like I still till today will fall into the, into that dark spot and I still need that person to be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Like what the fuck are you doing? Um, but also like you said, um, you know, I see what the future holds. It's not as dark as it really, you know what I'm saying? As, as, as I perceive it to be, or as, you mm. know, uh, as my mind m makes the make believe of how horrible really it's not, you know? And I got to tell myself that all the time. And I had, you know what? It's funny. I should just talk to my sister that today that I've seen the progress I've made on a, yeah. on a, on a variety of things. Um, so for me, when I get into that depression, when I get to the, to that dark spot, it's just being held accountable because I don't want to let people down because of all the people yeah. that were there for me when I was at my worst mm -hmm. and me coming out of it to go back to it is like a spit in the face. You know what I mean? It's like saying, fuck Absolutely. you for everything you did for me. I don't really give a fuck what you did. And I'm going back to what I, I'm saying, what I was. Another thing is um, that, that has me, you know, looking forward is I know my stresses are going to go away once I retire. I know that. I know a lot of it's going to go away. Yeah. I know a lot of it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in a lot of stress right now because I'm, like, like I'm in the yeah. verge of retirement. But for me, it's still that military umbrella that has me. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a weight that I'm waiting to like just unload. Absolutely. So it's looking into the future, having, you know, um, people that, 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 that count on me, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be counting on me, uh, to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't let them down. It's, 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 it's the biggest thing for me, man. It's just, you know, I've always been like that. It's just not letting people down. And, and, you know, whether you want to say it's proven something to people, whether, you know what I'm saying? Going to Ranger and SF and all that shit, whether it's proven something now I'm at the point where I don't want to let people down. Yeah. Like, I don't want to let anybody down. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? So many people have been there for me and, um, put themselves on the line really yeah to help me well, out well it's also you know this podcast and i'm sure it's the same for you as it is for me this podcast is is pumped new life into me has, and, and i think people like me and you i think we were born to help and inspire people and give people hope yeah and just the feedback that we've gotten uh just off of you throwing the one out there yeah it's been a confirmation that if we've reached one person, you know, Agreed. then we're doing the right thing. And, you know, having someone say, Hey man, I was on some other shit. And then I just listened to that podcast and listened to you guys talk. And it's good to know that I'm not the only one and that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, that warms my heart more than anything, you know, because that's what we're ultimately trying to accomplish is to create a space where, where people feel safe to come forward and get the mental and emotional help right. that they need. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing, like, you know, 
just released it on, on, on just yesterday and the feedback that I've gotten, um, like you said, man, it, it's, it's, and then talking to you today, I'm not gonna lie, man, seeing your smile about it and, and us talking brought me just, just <laughs> like, 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 honestly, man, it, 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 it yeah. kind of like lifted me up a little more, you know what I mean? And just seeing, um, what we're doing is huge, man. And it does motivate me. It motivates me big time, mm -hmm. um, to continue what I'm doing. Um, you know, I got asked, uh, actually this yesterday and, and, and today, like, Hey man, what are you going to do when you retire? Bro, this, yeah, like this right here. Like I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm riding, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm retiring. I'm gonna be good. Like now I'm just concentrating on this. Um, this is what, this is my therapy. Absolutely. It's become my therapy. Um, you know, it's, this has become my new way of, 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 yeah, sharing everything that's going on and, and, and just venting about everything that's been going on. It, it feels like me talking to my therapist and it feels good. Um, I'm not ashamed. That was the thing. That's the other thing for me, um, that, that keeps me going is that I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I don't look down on myself anymore. You know what I mean? I accept where I was. I accept everything I've done. Um, and now I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. Um, and that's just what keeps me, keeps, keeps me motivated, man. Is, is you well, have to be accepting of where you were in order to move forward. You have to be. Well, be mindful. You know, we come from a culture more so you than me, where you don't talk about mental and emotional health under any circumstances at all. No, it's almost counter to what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, a person of, of, of your career field, uh, doing what you've done in your career, being able to have the intestinal fortitude to come forward. Right. It says a lot. Right. And I would challenge people if Tom can come forward off the background that he's got. Right. Right. Then shit, man, everybody should be able to come forward because it takes a lot of courage to do so. But people have to understand that they're not the only one, that there's someone out there struggling just like you are. But you got to put forth that effort and, and get the help that you need for your mental and emotional uh, well-being. And we're, we, like you said, we we enjoy what we're doing. It's therapeutic. And we just want to inspire people to to come forward. I mean, it's it's the Army's job, the military's job to always take care of you. The caveat to that is you got to do a little bit of it on your own as well. Right. Um, and I, I salute you, brother, from the bottom of my heart for you coming forward. You know, it's... I know it ain't easy no. know, so to, to see you doing it and being able to talk about it. And even when we first made contact, uh, you know, a couple months ago, a year ago, I was already on some podcast shit. Right. And then you was like, I'm on some podcast shit. And I'm like, well, shit, then let's work together and do something, you know, and it's, we, we took the first step, you know, you, you put that hard work in there, you know, and, and it was a struggle. It wasn't easy, but it's for the betterment, you know, of people in making this world a better place. And, and most importantly, taking care of our men and women in uniform. Right. There's a, so it's funny you say that. So, um, when I, um, um, asked for help and I went to treatment, came back and I was doing my meetings or whatever it, you know how everything just aligns, like just things start aligning, signs start coming up. So like I had, Asked, you know, saying to go treatment, came back, did all this stuff. There's a dude named 
Tom Satterley. He's a he's a CAD guy, as a uh, um, CAD guy, right? And he got out, and he is very vocal about his mental health. Like he like, wow, salute, like big time. You know what I mean? So like, when I went to go hear him talk, um, he 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 came here, and I got the opportunity to go listen to him. You know what I mean? He's got a book, and I bought his book. Um, but hearing him talk is just you know what I'm saying. Like you said, I was like, man. Like you never hear CAG dudes talking, you know what I'm saying? You never hear yeah. Delta Force dudes talking like this, like being this this open. That was for me the beginnings of being like, yeah. it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was vocal about it, but I wasn't to the point where I was comfortable, ready to share with the world yet. But I mm -hmm. saw him and what he was doing and I was like, yo, like, that's how I feel. That's what I'm going through. That's what I went through. You know what I mean? And he is such a down to earth fucking dude. Um, and he he talks very candid, just like how we're yeah. talking. Very candid. You got to read his book. Matter of fact, um, I got it, man. I'll send it to you if you want to. But, um, you know, it's a shame that it it's it's a stigma to talk about. Yeah. Whether. You're in CAG, Delta Force, uh, you know what I'm saying, Special Forces, it, you know what I'm saying, infantry, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Like, you said mm -hmm. something to me earlier where I've always been humble of, of where I come from, always. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm saying, especially coming from Hawaii and, and being a Ranger Battalion, where Ranger Battalion, you know what I'm saying, when you go to, to RIP, everybody's together, cooks, everybody. So, like, you don't look yeah. down on anybody because everybody goes through the same shit. It mm -hmm. ain't until you go SF and shit like that where people start looking down on the other people. But, like, to, to go back, when I was at treatment and I was going to all these meetings, I was like, shit. So we all have the same fucking problems. Yeah. Yep. Like it doesn't matter how many deployments I got compared to your, you know what I mean? It doesn't fucking matter. Like we all got the same fucking issues. You know, it's just, we all got the same issues. All that matters is how you approach it, how you yeah. deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, and how you execute to, to solve that problem, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it, it's sad, man, that there is a stigma like that. It's sad. Yeah, and, and, and the stigma does, the, st the stigma prevents a lot of people from, from taking, like I said, just the first steps. And, and, and just like we said, we can assure you that once you take that first step, you know, and, and get to that desk, right. you know, at the hospital, you know, you've got a, a pretty good damn fighting chance of making it through it. And, and me and Tom can, can tell you to, you know, just to make sure everyone understands there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh yeah. There is. For you, sure. you just gotta, gotta take that first step. The, that, that fucking first step is huge. Let me ask you something real quick before we start to wrap it up. When did you realize the decision you made was a good decision like how far into your treatment how you know what i'm saying after you said hey i need help how far was it that you were like fuck thank god <laughs> like i asked uh, for help it was one of those times where i i took straight seven days of nothing but else yeah just like the next day just kept getting worse and the next day and the next day and the next day and i know how my mind would have worked had I never gotten help. 
I would have crashed and fucking burned. But the difference was once I was a couple of days into all of these things that I had no control over were happening to me. uh, You know, it took maybe six days, seven days in. And I sat down and said, "Okay, enough's enough. What can I change? What can I not change? Where's my light at the end of the tunnel? And I've made it this far so I can keep going. So my brain automatically started to push me in the right direction. And once I made it through that seven days of shit, which once you're out of, you're like, man, that really would shit off a dog's ass. You know, you sit back and you say, man, I think I might be doing pretty damn good. Right. And that was the moment where it was just like, all right, yeah, what I've been doing over the past X and X amount of years has been the right thing because I navigated that week. It didn't kill me. It didn't crash and burn. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you get ambushed and you're getting fired at, but it ain't affecting your fucking, your fucking shop group. Right. 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 I mean, like right. you're still putting rounds inside of a quarter, like you've been trained to do. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> I am unbothered at this point. Right. Cause you've been there. You know? right. 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 Yeah. And that was kind of like, okay, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Keep doing it and it'll get better. Man. You know, I'd be lying if I said that it was during treatment. It, for me, it wasn't until after the 30 days, yeah. um, way after the 30 days. I, I'd probably even say maybe like, so I came back um, after treatment and, you know, try to do uh, AA. AA just wasn't for me. Just, you know, just, mm-hmm. just, just wasn't. It's just different mentality, I guess. Um, I wasn't that type, you know, about, not that I'm not religious. It's just, it was just too much. Just wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> Like, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to start any crazy debate here or, 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 you know, discourage anybody from doing it. It just was not for me. Mm-hmm. But once I came from treatment and I stopped going to AA, it's probably about a month afterwards. So two months after I had officially gone to treatment, it wasn't until then that I was like, fuck, thank God. Mm-hmm. And that same NCOIC, who I had disrespected, you know what I'm saying, had came to me and was just like, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause, well, I apologized to him. I was like, yo, like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, that was so fucking, you know, out of character for me. I should have never talked to you like that. I should have never, you know what I mean, treated you like that. It was just wrong. But he was like, yo, man, I know you're going through things. And it was then that I was just like, fuck, I'm so glad that I got help. Mm-hmm. So glad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, you said a second ago about knowing, you know, uh, about understanding that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see that light when it's so dark. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's very dim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you don't see it, man. And I think that you know, hopefully, you know, we'll get on to another episode about that and, 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 and how people can, or how we pulled out, you know what I'm saying? Like later on, you know, how people can pull themselves out of that. Because I think for a lot of people, that's just what it is. They don't see the light. They don't see mm-hmm. that there's hope at the end of the tunnel. Um, the, you're just in such a dark place, man, such a dark, uh, spot in your life everything you feel like everything's going wrong you feel like everything is is just not yeah. going right but yet it's just a couple of things yeah and everything in life i've learned is very fixable there's nothing that's not there's nothing that you can't deal with mm-hmm. there's nothing that's 
bad enough that can uh, derail you of everything. Yeah. Nothing in this life. And that's one thing I've learned. There's nothing in this life that's bad enough or that can, there's nothing that can get so bad where I go, fuck, it's over. I thought that. Right. That's an element of growth. And, and like you said, you might not see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I can guarantee you once you make it through that, you can reflect on that particular (sighs) incident that you had and say, you know what? That really wasn't as bad as I made it out to be, you know, and just being able to have that mindset and say that to yourself, is a pretty good form of growth. Right. I agree, man. Um, so let's, uh, so let's say this right now. If somebody right now was to ask the question of, I'm in this dark place. How can I maintain myself and get out of it what would you say to like you know what i'm saying like like how right well the first thing is although you might not see it but somebody out there loves you and actually gives a shit about you perfectly said and and somebody wants you to live and make it through whatever it is that you're going through and to whoever that person is whether it's a wife a husband or your kids or even your boss you owe it to them, but most importantly, you owe it to yourself to make it through it. And as yeah. we said before, we promise you that there is an amazing and beautiful light at the end of the tunnel. Facts, man. Nothing is ever bad enough. Uh, you know, there are bad days, but everything has to end and you can always push through everything, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you, man. Again. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next one. Uh, so do you want to um, let people know where they can, you know, reach you at if they if they uh, want to reach you, if they got questions for you particularly or whatever like that? Sure. You can reach me at pinkfloyd.huggins at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh as always, man, this is great. I, I, I am blessed to have you, man. Like I said to you earlier in the text, honestly, uh, and I look forward to our next conversation. Um, and I hope you guys are enjoying this. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the support. Uh, stay tuned in. We got great things coming ahead. All right. Uh, hashtag I'm a person, not a problem, problem. not a Absolutely. problem. Uh, real quick. If you guys didn't Pay attention to that. That came from Huggy from the last episode. <laughs> My girl actually caught that. Uh, so, so real quick before I let you go. So we were, you know, like I said, we had listened. You know, I was like, yo, I was like, I don't know which one I'm gonna, you know, release first. I don't know which one I'm gonna release first. So I was like, I've, I was listening to pretty much almost all the ones that I had recorded and I was just kind of like torn and I was like, do I record a new one for myself? So, anyways, we were listening to the one with with the one I released and no bullshit. She goes that, that. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, I was like, what's that? I was like, what's that? And she goes that, that, that. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, that's going to be your movement. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like, what are you like? Like, like you're not telling me that she's like, rewind it. And I, and I played it and she's like, that should be your thing. And I was like, babe, like, dude, it literally went on for like two minutes. Like, I was like, babe, I'm not, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not getting where you're going with this right now. And she's like, that needs to be your hashtag. That needs to be your movement. And I was like, 
let me listen to it again. <laughs> I played yeah. it. I was like, yo, like that's that's it, man. Uh, Absolutely. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, comment. Use the hashtag, I'm a person, not a problem. We're getting t-shirts made. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, we will be doing giveaways on that. Uh, again, man, thank you, Huggy, so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate the support. I love it. Much love and respect. I'll see you guys next time.